What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. So did any of you guys end up getting on the uh, Wall Street Bets stuff or no? Yep. <laughs> really? You did? I mean, I, I, I was late to... Nokia, and I was late to AMC, but I had AMC, like, a month prior to that, and I sold it, and so I got in, but it was, like, the day before they started limiting the the uh, the purchase of those. You know what's oh, even worse man. is my sister had 18 shares of costs, and I remember she told me about that one. She got it for like a buck something, right? And I was just like, yeah, but cost is such, they're not doing anything. And like, I don't see anything happening. And they ended up going up to like over $100. And tried to, I kept on telling my brother-in-law, sell it. <coughs> he ended up not selling it until it came down to like 20 something dollars. So uh... that, that kind of sucked. Even though it was still a win, but yeah. I'm holding on to my Nokia and AMC because right now they're like abysmal. <laughs> Man, what about you, Jonas? Did you get on anything? No, I like the world of stocks is just a little bit above me and my comprehension. <laughs> I picked up sports betting this last year, so playing a dangerous I, game there with this pandemic, man. Holy cow! Well, I I did quite well, I'll tell you. Oh. Um, I did quite well. Um, I'm positive on my initial investment. I haven't touched it in the last couple weeks because since NFL has died down. Um, but I had, uh, I had a couple big games betting on, hey, betting on my Browns. And I mean, I never, I, I didn't like this. Uh, obviously the team was like, I don't know, six and six and 11 against the spread or six and 10 against the spread. Um, but I was a money line guy. And so down the stretch, like once that team got it going and Baker got it going, I had some pretty good weeks, I'll say. So, nice. <laughs> uh, I want to. I mean, obvious. I mean, all this stock stuff makes me want to get involved with it. But I gotta, I gotta cover that learning curve. How about you, John? Man, so because I've I've always been like a daily fantasy guy. Me and Mike have always been, you know, doing the FanDuel and DraftKings stuff. And nice. when right before the pandemic, I was like cashing out daily, and. Nice. Then, you know, we got hit by that uh, when Gobert tested positive. Uh, I remember that I was like on a hot streak and that night just completely screwed me and we were just trying to get the money back. And then uh, I, I had this itch because like we, you know, we did our work schedules changed to only two days a week. So I was sitting at home a lot and there's only so much like war zone I can play. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I started getting into, like, I've, I've had a Robinhood account for a while, which, RIP Robinhood, I'm not using that crap anymore. Good, Dude, good luck, I'm, guys. I'm just looking for yeah. something else to jump on because that, they pissed me off, too. So. Yep. And so I, I started getting into a little bit of pattern trading because, like, 
both of my parents, you know, they're they're very casual investors, but they taught me a lot when I was young. And so I started getting into pattern trading here and there, and I, I kind of just gave up on it once basketball started back up. I started just pumping money back into Daily Fantasy, and I think the last <laughs> the last week I've done so terrible. Oh. And I, I literally, I closed my FanDuel account. I deleted DraftKings <laughs> off my phone. And then uh, a buddy of mine sends the GameStop thing in our group chat. And it was, at, I think it was like at 30 bucks. Uh-huh. And I oh, go, gosh. no, I'm not, I'm not falling for this. They do that thing with, with uh, Dogecoin all the time on Twitter where yeah. it gets up to like half a penny and then it collapses. I'm like, it, it's at 30 bucks. I'm not doing this. And then the, the, they send another one. I was like, it's at a hundred, and I was like, okay, now it's really gonna start coming down. I'm not throwing money at this. I'm just gonna let it sit in my bank account until I find something I like. Then I see it at four hundred and eighty-nine dollars, and I just wanted to throw myself <laughs> off the balcony of my apartment. I couldn't believe that that went that high. But you know, obviously, it's all fallen off now. So, yeah, what right. the hell, man? We're still poor. Hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> Of the Forever Toros podcast. I'm John, joined by Jonas and Mike, like always. Uh, I think we need to start off with Brandon Clark has been in my nightmares all week. Did, is, is it just me? Now that Luca's in, in Disney and then seeing Brandon Clark torch the Spurs for two games in a row, am I the only one that's just blo- losing my mind over this or no? Nope, not at all. I mean, I was with you in that. I remember when when that pick came up, and I was like, gosh, Brandon Clark's going to be hard to pass on at 19, right? But then I had this feeling, I was like, you know, they had been tied to Luka, and I was just like, I don't know. But Brandon Clark, to me, seemed like the better prospect of the two, and obviously he came in and made it, you know, was able to do something right away. So, yeah, now every time, it's like I told you in that text, every time I see him in that Memphis uh, uniform, and it killed the Spurs and just like what could have been. So yeah, I mean that that oh, that man. just killed me the other night, or actually the last two games really. <laughs> you, you know what's funny though? Because I remember at the beginning of the season, someone has sent a, a video of Brandon Clark on Twitter where he had that new jump shot where it's like starting at the waist and it's literally one handed. And I go, oh well, good thing you know at least the Spurs wouldn't have screwed that up. That's all I kept thinking to myself. And then now he's actually making those shots against the Spurs. And I'm just like, what the hell happened here? And my biggest fear, because I remember that same thing. Like, the Spurs were tied to Luka. And they were they were also tied to Goga Batazde. Yeah. And, and Goga went to Indiana. And I'm like, thank God. That guy's off the board. The Spurs won't take him. Then they took Luka. And I, I about lost it. But obviously, Kelvin's made up for it. So let's just get out, get that pain out of the way. You know, because we've got to focus on Luka. We've got to focus on the gobble. <laughs> the old G League bubble in Disney World. Um, a quick note, happy birthday to Coach Matt Nielsen. We're recording yeah. this on Wednesday the 3rd. So, yeah, happy birthday, Coach Nielsen. Wish I had a kazoo Good or something show. to, we should to sing. blow into. Do you think people want to hear us sing? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> besides that, I think the only thing we haven't covered yet, you guys, is uh, the Kings, since they didn't send the Stockton Kings to the bubble, um, Robert Woodard got 
Flex designed through the Spurs down there. Uh, who he was actually a teammate of Quindary Weatherspoon for a season at Mississippi State. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be kind of interesting to watch. I know Jonas, you had some some conversations about him with Coach Nielsen, didn't you? I did, and and one of the things that I was primarily concerned about when you bring an outsider into an organization like the Spurs, and we talked in the last episode or maybe the one before it about how the, the, the focus on Luka when they have a G League season needs to be about developing him and just getting him ready for the NBA. And a lot of that means communication. It means Spurs system knowledge and testing that. And so when when you have a, a player from the Kings now entering the equation, it's like, okay, well, I, I asked Coach Nielsen, well, how much do you feel limited uh, by having an outsider on the inside with Austin in the gobble. And um, Coach Nielsen said, really, not too much. He said there might be a couple things here and there uh, that he can't do, but the focus on the bubble for Austin and all the guys that they have is really, he said, going to be about foundational basics. And so if they can help uh, Woodard with the basics and just kind of make him a better player, then then he'll the, the, the team can do that and it'll be good enough. Just a quick note. I thought it was funny that when Jonas asked this question, Coach Nielsen made it seem like he was in for some, like, CIA questioning and stuff, and he was just like, well, I'm not going to go detail over this. I was just like, it's a G League, right? It's like, it's like, it's like a, you know, it's a flex time. And by the way, it just, it's like John said, the whole flex assignment thing threw a lot of people off. It's basically because they don't have a team in the bubble. They were able to kind of assign him uh, to another team. So that's that's the way that worked out. I, I haven't seen a whole lot of, of, of him. <coughs> Um, his stats didn't really jump off the page or anything like that, but I know he's like a seems to be like a solid rebounder, kind of a three four tweener. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. And then you kind of wonder, like, it's like Jonas, like you were saying, it's kind of weird having like an outsider come in, basically learning your system or you know this first <laughs> system. It, it, you kind of wonder if it's like, you know, I mean, obviously they see where he'll help and and maybe winning some games, but, like, where does the benefit go beyond that? Yeah, exactly, and I think that I would hope that it's financial. Look, the Austin Spurs and the Spurs organization is paying $500,000 to be in the in the gubble, and so I hope that the Kings are either paying for, for Woodard's participation and, and or you know, in terms of just some kind of compensation to the team for allowing him to be there, because I did ask Coach Nielsen about how Woodard ended up with the team. If it was a, if it was a G League assignment, like the the actual league or an NBA assignment, that said, hey, you have to, you know, we're going to give you to Austin, or if the team got to actually, uh, in a sense, claim him. And, and Coach Nielsen said it was the latter. They want him there. Uh, but so that makes me kind of think, is, is there a trade? Like this is the beginning foundation of a back scratching kind of deal, um, during the season, maybe involving Woodard, maybe not. Um, but someone to come over from the Kings for allowing us to help work on the foundational basics and having access that nobody else in the NBA has, unless you pay for it. For Coach Chip, Chip, uh, Chip England's 
um, not a tutelage, not not directly, but through the organization, right? Co- Coach England's not going to Orlando to be a part of this, but there's going to be some tutelage, some some knowledge, some of that corporate knowledge being shared. I really hope that that means that there's some kind of thing in the works between these organizations. So you're saying Marvin Bagley and three first round picks, right? I mean, uh, I mean, you you could spend a whole episode and ignite Spurs Twitter with, okay, well, who are you sending for that deal? But as something, there's got to be some kind of relationship here, right? There's not a coach to coach relationship. Um, There isn't a. I can't draw any other, any lines between these two organizations. I think I think the only thing would be Alvin Gentry is is an assistant in Sacramento, if I'm not mistaken. But even then, that, that's not even that much of a relationship that you could tie to it. Like, yeah, that's pretty a loose one. I think I think the only other time we've seen this, Mike, was the uh, I forget which Diallo was it, but it was one of the Diallos that yeah. uh, Oklahoma City had flex to the Spurs. And I think the Spurs were even linked to him at one point. Yeah, but I, I think that was a, like a, that could have been like a uh, Presky deal, you know, or True. Yeah, you know, they were trying to help him out or, or, or vice versa. But yeah, I mean, that didn't seem to really do anything um, in the first favor. But yeah, so it's just, it's, you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find some sort of a tie there and I can't really find anything um, with Stockton Kings. It, it so it has to be a deal, right? That that has to be the, the these are <laughs> GM front office communications hap- happening. That's like, hey, testing. You know, it's like a test drive the car for a month, see if you like it. I it, love it, the know? idea of that. I love that idea though. Like that's a, like a market inefficiency, like where you could just say, hey, right. we spent five hundred thousand dollars to send our team. You didn't spend a dime. Like give us something right. in return. Yep. That that's kind of interesting. I like that you brought that up. That's actually really. I, I mean, obviously we know Sacramento is pretty inept in, in their own front office, <laughs> and who knows? Maybe the Spurs could be taking advantage of that. Um, are we are we gonna get Metu back? Is that the deal? Is Chemezi coming back? <laughs> I mean, it all depends on how Luka does in the bubble, right? I I I don't want Chemezi back. I'm sorry. He, Thank you for your service here. We appreciate you. But... I can't believe we're starting bubble talk with Chemezi slander. Come on. There's so many other things we can do. <laughs> <laughs> there is, which is, which is all about Luca. It's exactly. all about Luca. It's literally going to be all about Luca. So, uh, the, I, man, that media availability, he really, his whole attitude, which I know is a very stereotypical thing with, like, these Croatian players, uh, but he just really he gives off that attitude that he just does not give a bleep what anybody thinks. Yeah. He's very cool. He's very calm. He's very sure of himself. Um, so I, I didn't get full sound bites, but I can give you here's some bullet points on what he said. He's definitely focused on his effort and being a better teammate. Uh, that's that to me. That's just player speak. Obviously, yeah. like what, what are you going to say when you're pressed for that? Like what am I going to improve on? I don't need to improve on anything. I'm in the NBA. Like come on. Uh, the, I did like that he said he was going to try to prove that he can be a good defender. Uh, he said he gained 15 to 20 pounds in the offseason, which is insane because you, you yeah. see some of the other guys. Like, DeJounte doesn't look like he's even put up that much muscle. But him and Keldon, I, well, I want to know what kind of flavors of Mutopia the Spurs are giving those guys that they could put on that much mass <laughs> in an offseason. Holy cow. Um, 
he wants to be more physical, which is good because <laughs> that game against Utah was really a disaster when he was driving into the paint, just getting bodied by everyone. Um, someone, I feel so bad for Luca. Someone asked him if he's thought about replacing Lamarcus Aldridge. I'll let you guys take that. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't want to touch that. Yeah, I, I mean, he handled it the best way he could. I think, right? Like the expectation to the fans has to be that he is the replacement for Lamarcus Aldridge, because Lamarcus has said as much that he wants to finish his time in Portland, and the quite frankly, the city's been over him for the most part since he got here, yeah. Lamarcus, and so Luca being that six foot eleven. Uh, lengthy kind of guy with perimeter shooting and some ball handling ability is is expected to be that replacement. But he said, you know, Lamarcus is a great player, and uh, my my goal is just to to get better. So that I mean, it sounded like like he's been prepared for that one by the staff. That one oh, that one was was one of the conditioning questions before they put him in front of a live mic. A hundred percent. Like uh, you know, at least you know what one of the good things about the Spurs that they've done is at least the question for Luca is about replacing LaMarcus Aldridge, and it's not about replacing Tim Duncan, because that's a whole nother, oh, yeah. like stratosphere of a question. So at least he only has to focus on, re- on replacing LaMarcus, who fans, most fans aren't even a fan of him as it is and have been wanting to trade him since he got here. So, I, yeah, it's just, but I just, that was just such a bad question. I, I just cringed hearing that, and I'm not calling out any journalists or any papers or anything. It's just like, like, what do you want the kid to say in that scenario? He's 21 and he's played a handful of NBA games. Like, <laughs> what is he supposed to say? Like, I, I think I'm going right. to be the next Hakeem Olajuwon or something? Like, come on. Yeah. Um, I know the reporter pretty well because of high school, uh, covering high school football. Yeah. And Sam Marcos in Austin and he's a good reporter. And this is not normally his, his, um, I guess his forte is NBA and stuff like that. And so it was kind of one of those things where it was just kind of I guess you make an obvious question, but to anybody else, it just, it, it's, that's like, that, that just, like, I don't know, I, I don't know how else you really could have answered that one. It's like, we played yeah. soldiers, I don't know what it's to like, like, jump from like 10 feet away to try to block a shot or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm not sure, but. The, the funny thing is, like you were talking about, is his, like, kind of whole demeanor during the, the, the whole like media session was so like I don't care type of thing. It was so funny. Yeah. At one, it, 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 it's funny. Jonas and I were talking, and I was just like, you kind of wonder if he's read some of Jonas's stuff or seen some of the stuff he, he wrote. And at one point, he even uh, said the quote, "Social media is not real." Um, so yeah. I that was right. Kind of interesting. Take some of the things I liked that he had to say. I mean, I'm, I like that he realizes that strength is definitely. Uh, and something that he needs to improve on, but a lot of <laughs> it just seemed like, honestly, when I was reading these over Twitter, uh, when they were first coming, because I didn't get to, uh, get into the session, but uh, at the time, but then I saw some of the quotes coming back on Twitter, and I was like, this sounds like all, like, media preparation, like, all canned answers type of thing, a lot of it, yeah. except for the stuff where he was just kind of, like, didn't care. Yeah, it, it's it seems like Man, I, I just remember uh, watching part of that Tiger Woods documentary and how Nike sent him instantly to, like, their own media camp. And it's like, Luca's definitely been through the Spurs media camp and brainwashed to give those canned answers and not reveal anything about himself. 
even oh, when yeah. it came to like the tattoos, like obviously friend of Project Spurs, Jeff Garcia, asking about the tattoos, and he's like, yeah, they mean something. Yeah, I, yeah, it's not a new thing. It's just something I always wanted to do. And right. it's just like, okay, well, thanks, man. Like, I know I see one of them that says blessed. One of them looks like an anime character. Like, I want more more details about that. But he's just like, yeah, there's something about, you know, good always prevails over evil, whatever. Like, all right, well, good talk. <laughs> um, outside of that, he also said that he wanted to prove himself, or he thinks of himself as a leader with last year's experience, which is good. Uh, with, I, I think the only problem with that is just his, his demeanor is what just gives me kind of a pause about how much of a leader can he really be. I, um, I don't I don't know if it's quite that he sees himself as a leader, but just that he's the one with the most experience true. working with Coach Nielsen. And so when they – because the question was kind of led for him to say <clears throat> that he was a leader. Um, and, and so he's just like, I mean, yeah, kind of. And, and so I don't know that he's really – taking that kind of a stance with it from what from his response what i gathered was just that he he brings experience and that he knows what coach nielsen is going to ask and so he can help communicate but as much as you know being asked if he's a leader of the team he really did to me stick out as a student um yes. a lot from during his experience and and even learning from his classmate in keldon johnson keldon from his attitude, uh, you know, he said when he first met Keldon, the the what first thing he his his first impression was how loud he is, and in a good way, <laughs> right? And everybody knows how loud Keldon is because you hear it every time he drives to the basket, every <laughs> every time, and just the relentless energy, the competitive competitiveness that he plays with. So he's he's looking at Keldon and learning that he's having conversations with Dejounte about consistency, and consistency was mentioned a lot. During uh, from from Luca um, in the, in this availability, where he is talking about you know I had some good nights where I was aggressive on defense and and I had some good offensive nights, but it's about working on the consistent effort and then also the consistent attitude, and the attitude is one of those things we're we're talking about right now, where yeah. he looks disengaged and I think that I, I actually noted that the time he looked most interested to speak with the media was when Jeff asked him about his tattoos. He kind of yeah. lit up a little bit and then provided no answer to the question whatsoever. But, I mean, that's where his 15 to 20 pounds came from was ink. I mean, it's sitting there on his, it's sitting there on his left arm. But you, you hope that he can kind of uh, evolve a little bit and I, and I hope more of this and maybe it comes out for you know maybe I, I, I dissect this video and do my own dissection of it but there's parts of this Luca experience that needs to be shared because this was and I was talking with Michael about this when we first hopped on it, it, this was really the first time that the San Antonio media got to openly candidly talk with Luca about himself yeah. La- last year was all focused on Keldon but Keldon came out of – even though he was the second first-round pick in the class, he came out of Kentucky. He was a blue chip. He was prepared. He's been, he's been groomed for this for the last handful of years for this moment. And Luca even said in, his, in, in the press conference a little bit too where he's like, he's like, basketball was the last sport I picked up. He said, I've played, I played soccer longer than anything. Mm-hmm. He, he mentioned tennis. He mentioned rowing. And then he picked up basketball somewhere around ten to thirteen. He's not a hundred percent sure about that. But his father, so we get to learn a little, we get to learn more about who Luca is as a person. 
He, he comes from Croatia, of course, but his father, Marco, he's six foot ten, played pro ball in Europe for 20 years. Yep. So you start to hear this little bit, a little bit more about knowing the guy behind the jersey or underneath the jersey, right? And uh, that I think that that story needs to come out a little bit more because what's so dangerous is the comparison of him to Keldon. And if and if Spurs fans and I, I mean. The media too. When I'm one of those guys, I compared him and and, and, and I've I've given him my my fair share of lashings. But when you look at how much Keldon has succeeded in such a short amount of time, again, you have to take it with uh, two totally different upbringings and two totally different styles of basketball that they that they learned the sport through. And uh, if you're a little bit more patient, the reason why you take a uh, a, a Luka Shamanich over a Brandon Clark is just ceiling potential. Again, he's still growing. He's not. He, I think he just turned twenty-one this year, twenty twenty-one. Uh, yeah, he's already and, said he's gotten up to six eleven, which is crazy to me. Yeah, his draft day was six foot ten, and so he's still adding on a couple more inches. He said he's never really hit a growth spurt. He's just been consistently tall his whole life, and so. As we learn more about Luca, I think that fans might find a little bit more patience with him if they can learn to like the guy. I think that the same thing happened with Lonnie Walker coming out of the bubble, and over the summer when when Lonnie became more open with his about his past, yeah, right about what he's gone through. I really think that a lot of Spurs fans have gotten behind him a little bit more. And rather than, you know, maybe looking at him as a bust or trying to trade Lonnie and stuff like that, wondering why he's not playing 40 minutes a game, it, it's been a little bit more, okay, Lonnie, we're just kind of behind you. So yeah. get behind Luca. It, it's definitely, I've always, I've loved the sociology and the psychology behind the players. And just yes. even in those 11 minutes of talking to Luca and hearing what he had to say, it was really great. And especially learning about his dad, how... He, he comes from a dad that played basketball for his life, like, as a job. This isn't yeah. some guy that, you know, just flamed out of the league and never played basketball again. And then the fact that Luca has played other sports and that he was good at them and then was just basically said, well, hell, let me try basketball and gets to the NBA. It just shows you, like, the, the ceiling is just really unlimited with him and despite all his, you know, demeanor and... You know, maybe he's. He, you have to think about like these guys come from overseas. He's probably not comfortable in San Antonio yet. They did the thing where they had the Spurs, those the young guys draw Texas on the on the Spurs <laughs> Instagram. And I, I don't even remember what Luca put, but it looked like he didn't even try. Like he just said, "I don't know what the hell Texas looks like here." I think it was a square that yeah. a rectangle that said Texas on it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> like, it's just like this guy doesn't even know where he <laughs> is, let alone what the state looks like. Like we can't really judge him on his character and his demeanor yet because he's probably not comfortable he hasn't been here long enough to probably have a breakfast taco like you know it's just little <laughs> things like that like you just you know, yeah. you know I'm, not, I'm with you on that like we've we've obviously praised him and we've trashed him and that's just kind of our job as you know what we try to do but yeah. that doesn't take away our desire to see these players succeed and see them grow especially if they become success stories like uh, you know, a, a Keldon Johnson or a Kyle Anderson. I remember Mike, like we went out there. We didn't think much of Kyle Anderson, but he was averaging a double double. We said, okay, there's probably something there. And yeah. he's part laid them to a pretty nice contract on a pretty damn good team. 
Yeah, yeah, and he did, did look good the other night too. He seems to, you know. Uh, let's not talk about that. Look, come on. Yeah, <laughs> he spot, definitely. But yeah, I mean, Lucas just got to. I, I think it's also just one of those things, like you guys said. I mean, he's got to be a little more open to peeling back the layers a little bit because you can tell everybody was going for a feature angle and their questions, and yeah, he kind of didn't. I mean, he he. Gave some matches, but didn't really give, I guess, what, what to look for. And I, it kind of reminds me of Kawhi Leonard's rookie year and um, interviewing him. And everything he gave me was like a one-word answer. Or like very, like, you know, and obviously he's monotone, like. Yeah. Um, so it, it was kind of like one of those pulling teeth type things. So, But right. I did like that he was talking about he, that he and uh, Trajan's already have, seem to have a pretty good off-the-court relationship. And I think that'll... Uh, really be good for their own record uh you know how they do in their chemistry and so i think they're kind of like the going to be the cornerstones for this team so um that'll be good to see but i guess we'll just have to keep uh seeing you know what he does and he's able to open up a little bit more because it's like you said I mean, it's a lot easier to root for some of these guys if you know a little bit more i mean we knew everything about Lonnie and his backstory and growing up in reading and everything so that was that was a lot different and everybody likes to hear that stuff so yeah. uh, it's just part of the game it's just part of being a professional basketball players there's marketing involved too right i mean yeah you go to your Derek whites who come out of culinary school your dejantes who who grow up the way they did in in washington and um damar i think that the more open damar open damar has become with with the with the city uh the city also em- turns around and embraces him as well uh, I mean, maybe Lamarcus needs to do that, and I understand he's from our backyard, but <laughs> he, he could buy some good graces and stop talking about port going to Portland. But I, I mean, Luca's going to be one part of this team, and then you also have the Trey Jones connection, but you also have the Quindary Weatherspoon connection, um, and Kenny Williams, who was available to the media on Monday as well, and or uh, on Sunday actually, and so between Quindary. And Luca and Kenny, those three guys all spent time in Austin last year with Coach Matt Nielsen when he was Blake Ahern's assistant. Uh, this year, they're going to be the three that are going to lead this team a little bit more. You add in the fact that Trey Jones has already gotten his first bit of an education with the Spurs and how they operate. So he's not coming in like a complete G League guy right out of the draft because he's been with this team for the last two months as they prepared in December and then obviously coming here into January. So you should see, I think, a good bit of chemistry, a good bit of communication, and if uh, if the G League focus is what I'm hoping it's for, which is to prepare Luca, then he's already got a shooting guard and a point guard all ready to dish him up. Yeah, and and I think that's something that you know we've we've talked about before. Uh, Austin is not only about developing the Spurs players and teaching them like the proper ways to play Spurs basketball and get them acclimated with the system, but it, it's in case if anything ever happens where these guys fail at the NBA level, you want them to be pros elsewhere. And Matt yes. Nielsen is proof of that because obviously he won championships in Australia. He had former Spur Bryce Cotton down there winning MVPs and winning championships. And that's, that's still a success, even though it's, you know, you probably look at it and a lot of Spurs fans will probably say, Hey, well, he didn't succeed here. So why do I care? But that's just the Spurs, you know, imprint all across the globe in all across basketball, which is something that, 
you can really take pride in. And it's why we love doing this. It's why we geek out over Austin constantly, because it's just so cool to see how these guys develop as people. And touching on that real quick, like Galen Robinson is going to be playing in the G League bubble. I couldn't tell you for who. He's been really quiet about it, but he's down there. And that's another thing where it's like, okay, what did he take from from uh, the University of Houston to San Antonio to Austin to now whatever organization this is? Where does that lead him in the future? Uh, you know, he took it overseas into Germany and now coming back this way. That growth is just really fun to see. And, you know, Matt Nielsen even said it himself. He's focused on the development of the players and the group first. It's not it's not about trying to win and win a championship. And that that's just a bonus. Uh, right. And then Luca getting his second opportunity. This is his time to prove himself. Uh, you know, the second year is usually the, the rookie come up. But for him, this is more of like a real rookie year, and especially with, you know, truncated training camp, uh, no summer league, none of that. He's going to get all the opportunities he wants, but also look at the other Spurs assets. And I know we're recording this Wednesday before the, the Timberwolves game, and key debates D up, and these guys are still with San Antonio because obviously there's injury concerns. Rudy's out, LaMarcus is out. So we won't get to see the two-way guys like we would like, but this is also an opportunity for for them to not, like, especially for Luka and Trey Jones, it's an opportunity for them to not get their minutes stolen by guys who are still on the fridge of an NBA roster who are playing for another contract. These guys have their guaranteed deals as rookies. They don't need to worry about that stuff. And when you've got, no, this isn't to slander like Keita Bates-Diop or Quindary Weatherspoon or Drew Eubanks, but those guys are now playing for contracts. They're not playing for the opportunity. And... If you can get these kids to play for that opportunity and earn that opportunity, then you don't have to worry about the about Lakita in the future. You don't have to worry about Quindary in the future. You don't have to worry about Drew. Uh, and that that's not to say you know don't don't play here anymore. But there's obviously there's a lot of <laughs> roster turnover coming in the next few months that the Spurs need to get whatever they can out of the next couple of games. Yeah, and this one's kind of like uh, cooking Luca in the microwave, right? Yeah. Um, So I actually wrote a piece about, um, check out, it was in one of the pieces on Project Spurs, um, about how Austin is like an incubation period, right? And and it just happens with all of our rookies. It's happened with everybody with the exception of Devin Vassell. And his, his, I think that if the G League would have started at a normal time, then Devin too would have started in the G League just just for consistency so that all of these guys understand the grind that each individual has to put into it to get out to become a part of this team but Devin got put into a position of of need sooner than I think the Spurs even wanted him to be and uh because of the way the G League was delayed well, also, uh, let, let, real quick, shooting. also the Derek, Derek White's health played a big part into that, too. Right, and that's one of those things that forced him to force the need, right? Force the need for Devin Vassell to become engaged with this team earlier uh, than the team wanted. But but so now we're putting Luka in the microwave. We're taking him out of this out of this slow cooker of the incubation <laughs> you know, chamber, and we're going to toss him in the microwave and say, all right, you've got one month that is the G League season. And when you know regular season, and hopefully you know Austin can make a run at a at a title for the G League title, um, but you're going to put it, push them into this microwave and say, "All right, hurry up and cook because we're ready for you now." 
because yeah. <laughs> there's going to be a trade deadline coming up here shortly, and we like we've already talked about. There are questions up and down this roster about who is going to be a part of this moving forward, and Lamarcus Aldridge is one of those pieces. And even though he was asked that in the interview, do you see yourself as a replacement for Lamarcus? If Luca can ball out and show that he can handle the scoring responsibilities and defensive responsibilities and show that he can be aggressive uh, at the basket, uh, then I think that the team might feel comfortable trying to move LaMarcus before the deadline. Yep. So, uh, it, But it, it depends, again, how well he cooks during this time. You can, do, you, do, you, you, do you combust in the microwave? Do you just explode everywhere? You know, like this is going to be one of those questions. So I'd love to see this high pressure environment. You were talking about it earlier, John, where you're you're playing. It seems like they're playing every day this week, Austin. It's like you like you said, you wanted a season. Well, here you go. You've got 30 days to play a whole season. Yeah, and, it's mind blowing. And let me just add real quick because uh, it just came down as the Spurs pregame is going on. Uh, Aldridge will be out longer than tonight's game, but no operation is needed. So. That's also, you know, the thing with Luca is he's also got to beat out Trey Lyles, and you know, Jakob Pertl is going to start in Lamarcus's place, but Trey Lyles is going to get his minutes, and that's someone who's unguaranteed going into next year. That right. Luca still has to even prove the can you handle any kind of minutes behind him? Can you handle taking Drew Eubanks's minutes? So, uh, going back to the schedule though, five games this week. Five. Oh. What? Like, who was who in charge of this? Like, I get they don't have to travel, but when you get to start off with the back-to-back, like, and, and let me just say, Memphis is no slouch. The Memphis Hustle are the first game, and they have Jonte Porter, Zaire Smith, and David Stockton. And, and David Stockton is G League legend. Like, everyone knows his dad, but David Stockton is a G League legend. Jonte Porter is obviously the brother of Michael Porter Jr., and I know he had all the talent in the world. I, I remember teasing... Uh, our buddy Trevor Zickraff about the Spurs taking him until he tore his ACL at uh, Missouri. And then Zaire Smith is another guard that everyone that watches college sports in Texas knows out of Texas Tech. Like, I don't know how the hell he's not on an NBA team. I know that he's gotten bounced around, and that's probably taken a toll on his game, but that's someone who could make a lot of noise. And that Memphis team is a really strong test for the Spurs to start off with. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm just gonna say, yeah. I mean, I mean, if we didn't get enough of a taste of Memphis, like the last couple of days, and then they start <laughs> off on tenth against Memphis, and you're right. I mean, Jonte Porter is a guy that they're very high on. And last time I talked to a few uh, Memphis Grizzlies uh, writers, they were just telling me that they're so high on him, and Memphis has big plans for him. So that's gonna be definitely a guy to look out for. So. Uh, it's a it's a definitely test right away, and especially if if Luka gets into a matchup with a player like that, then you know we'll see if those uh, fifteen pounds a week, as Jonas said, help him out in that kind of a matchup yeah. right away. Yeah, and when you look at this matchup, you know this is uh, this is a standings matchup from last year. Uh, the Memphis Hustle was right ahead of Austin, uh, pushing for a G League playoff spot before everything pushed pause. So. Uh, you've got the regional battle, uh, and 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 you've got the divisional battle. Of course, they're not they're not worried about divisions this year. I don't think they're going to be. It's again, it's super condensed, and they've already there's teams participating and teams not participating. But when you look at why they might be trying to get these five games in really fast, John, I'm kind of thinking that 
it might be to get game ready before the NFL season ends. Because once yeah. once the Super Bowl happens on Sunday, uh, the NBA is, focus- is, is entering a period of who knows what. Because they're only scheduled through the end of this month themselves. The first half of the season schedule ends. And they have to decide whether they're going to bubble based on health concerns. Are we going to have fans in the stands? What's going to happen for the second half? And so... There's going to be a lot of a lot of guys looking for some action, whether it's betting because the stock market has all slowed down and you can't buy GameStop for ten dollars a pop anymore or whatever. But there, this is the the G League is being really heavily embraced. They're going to be on Twitch. They're going to be on ESPN Plus, ESPNU, NBA TV, uh, YouTube. Uh, so it's not just going to be Facebook Live broadcasts. The fans of the G League are are more familiar with just that free access point. There's going to be a little bit of a paywall now because it's going to be some of the only action happening. Um, and and it's the only bubble environment. So should the NBA get shut down at any point in February, that means that the only entity they will have is the G League. Yep. So I think it's about getting TV ready. Hurry up and get conditioned because they all just got to Orlando last week. They've been conditioning this week, getting to know guys that are coming from everywhere around the world uh, to who's now joining your team. There's only, Like we talked about, there's only four actual Spurs on this team. Um, when you talk about ex- experience, even to add Kenny Williams – uh, within his experience with Austin last year that actually know each other. The rest of the guys are all pretty much strangers. And so how do you get ready? How do you get ready fast? You play games. Yep. And, you know, the the other thing, too, is like the NHL kind of went completely opposite of the NBA and has a little bit more of a sporadic schedule. And you, this is your time to, you know, make kind of a name for yourself because, like you said, once the NFL ends – Baseball is going to try to do their whole 162, which I think is insane because <laughs> the players don't want to take any kind of pay cut or any time off. They don't want to push the season back. So hey, February, right before you know these guys go in there for, for spring ball, this is it. And I love that we don't have to guess where the, where the G League is going to be played this year because, man, we've had... I forgot one of the websites that wasn't even like it wasn't even an American website that the G League was broadcasting on a few seasons ago. Oh my goodness! <laughs> that you had to pay a, a subscription for, and I go first. If I can't get that here, there's no shot. Like I'm I'm not paying for this thing to broadcast out of you know somewhere in Europe for ten dollars a month to watch a mm-hmm. couple Austin Spurs games. It's not happening. So to see ESPN get ahead of the bubble and. Uh, and kind of push for all these games and to run them on NBA TV and even on Twitch. Man, people, they had like 30 people watching a dead stream on Twitch the other night because I remember getting on at work and I just see like 30 people are just watching bars. And it's like, I hope all of these people are production people and people aren't just watching thinking a game is going to happen. Well, I I was one of them, John, because I got the notification... (laughs) I got the notification on my phone, and I'm like, oh, great. I mean, the, the, talking with Kenny Williams on Sunday, he, he, I asked him I asked him if, if he was holding out instead of, like, doing what Diedrich and Dalton and Galen and Angel did in terms of playing internationally right now, if, if he was holding out and waiting for a, for a G League kind of experience. And he said, not really. He said, he's like, this just, just kind of got thrown together so fast. 
And so even everybody else is trying to just kind of catch up. And so here I was. I got the notification for Twitch on my phone that the G League went live and that Austin's playing. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's a scrimmage really fast. So I go in there, and there's just the television, you know, uh, program waiting (laughs) bars. And I'm like, I mean, is this going to happen? Or, I mean, it it teased me here, and I, I need to see some basketball. But I, I was one of those guys. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I was hoping for like some kind of special pregame show or something. It was yes. like, just, just tease me, please. But no, it was just bars, and I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I'll watch it. I'll give it five minutes. And I just remember, I was like, I'm literally watching bars on Twitch. <laughs> like, I could, I could be watching anything else on Twitch, and I'm just watching color bars. So, uh, getting back to the schedule real quick. So the five games, because we're, we're gonna obviously record weekly now that we've got actual content and games going on hell, hell yeah um we've got a uh, the memphis hustle the lakeland magic which so we already talked about john Tay porter but former aggie dj hogg is going to be someone else that luke is going to have to guard you would hope who played for the wisconsin herd previously now with the magic that uh, that's a six nine forward you know he he's 24 he's a he's a man like this isn't some kid so luke is going to have yeah. his hands full with him too um, you've got the Erie Bayhawks, who also have someone I really wanted that I can't believe isn't in the NBA anymore, Nomari Spellman. And Jordan Bell, Warriors legend Jordan Bell is on that team. Uh, the Fort Wayne Mad Ants, who I couldn't really... I think Cassius Stanley was the only name I really recognized out of that whole roster. Uh, and a little bit of Brian Bowen. I've, I've seen a little bit of Brian Bowen with the Pacers. And then the last game would be... I believe Tuesday for the week. Yeah, Tuesday against the Canton Charge. And Canton's roster is a little bit of a mix and match. Malachi Richardson's probably the only like career G Leaguer who's still pretty young, but he's the only one I really recognized on that. So five games, seven days. Uh <laughs> I don't have anything um, to add to that. That's just kinda crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, I I mean but at least we've got something. And this is gonna move so fast and I'm, I, we can knock these five out of the way really quick because I'm really counting down to the last one. The G League Ignite program is going to be the Austin Spurs' yep. last quote-unquote regular season game. Um, and that's the – I mean, when you look at what the G League has provided us during um, their down period, it's just been all Ignite guys. And they kind of had to. We mentioned it before because this is – uh, it, this is their whole alternative option to going to the college level and, and getting guys integrated right away with the NBA. And so you had to do some kind of publicity for them. But if you watch the scrimmages back in December, uh, they they were just kind of against former G League players, and the Ignite showed that they weren't ready. They showed that they were high schoolers um, yeah. that hadn't been conditioned, that hadn't played any semblance of a college basketball season, um, not everybody gets to come out of high school and be LeBron James. It's just you know, it's just not going to happen. Um, and so I, I'm really interested to see not only them playing, but them playing after having gone through the gauntlet. Because when we see them, they will have played 14, 15 other games against the G League talent, <laughs> growing with Brian Shaw as their head coach and, and building their chemistry I mean, we talk about how fun it is to watch this young San Antonio Spurs team. Imagine watching a, a young G, uh, G League Ignite program and just athleticism galore and, and pace, 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 pace. 
Yeah, and, you know, I, here's the other thing. I, do, I just want to make a disclaimer for Spurs fans real quick. If things start going wrong in the bubble, if, if people don't look right, especially with Luke and Trey Jones, please don't panic. Some of these games are at 10 in the morning. Yeah, I wouldn't yes. want to play basketball at 10 in the morning either. Honestly, like, especially, I think the first the first game is at 10.30 in the morning, and then the back-to-back the following day is at 6.30 in the afternoon. So it's just kind of, they're going to be all over the place. It's going to be really strange, but, I mean, I'm really curious as to see the conditioning level for some of these guys, because even yeah. there's still, there's still a lot of these guys that are just arriving today mm-hmm. that are still going to have to do their quarantine period, but... But to wrap things up, you know, we, we've got those five games. Just be on the lookout for us recording uh, every week. We're going to try not to cut off Paul Garcia and the Spurs cast. Uh, but, you know, if we get the content, it'll be out there. Jonas will be covering games. I'll be covering games. Mike will be covering games. So written, podcast, rate, subscribe, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, get those numbers up, uh, <laughs> all that fun stuff. And, yeah, just uh, follow Jonas on Twitter. Mike on Twitter. Guys, I'm sorry I don't know the handles off the top of my head because I didn't write them down, but obviously Mike will put them in the post because he's a good editor. And you guys can follow them there. Follow me. Follow Project Spurs. Stay safe and let's basketball. Woo! That was weak. I think I think fifteen pounds of weak needs to be like the show title. Oh my god! Yes, please. What's that? <laughs> What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.